This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. In this current COVID reality, we're focusing on all the ways that we can stay flexible, adaptable, and agile so that we can impact our rapidly changing world for the sake of the gospel. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. We are church for the rest of us. Hey, welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. Jimmy Scroggins here, as always, high atop our office complex, downtown West Palm Beach, with my co-host Leslie Bennett, engineer Carly Silman, and joining us in the studio today, our CFO at Family Church, Scott Crawford, who's a regular on the podcast, and also Pastor Keith Albert, who is one of our pastors. He serves at our Village Campus, and he also works in our Human Resources Department. And uh, we've got a really important topic because we're getting towards that time of year and we're going to do year-end reviews. That's a big part of our culture here at Family Church. We set goals. We have measurables. We evaluate multiple times a year. And the year-end reviews give us a great opportunity to continue the conversation, to develop people, help set their own compensation. There's a lot involved in that. But what in the heck, Leslie, are we supposed to do with year-end reviews in the middle of a coronapocalypse? I mean, everything we said we were going to do at our last year's reviews has been thrown out the window multiple times. What are we doing? Exactly. Well, two things I have to laugh about. One is that we're having Scott on the podcast again in yet another role with another hat. So sometimes we feel like, okay, if it seems like we're a big church, we have all these people and resources, but then when you have the same person on the podcast to talk about 15 different things, then hopefully our listeners realize, actually, we're all wearing a lot of hats. So we really appreciate Scott being here. And of course, Keith wears a lot of hats too. They do an excellent job wearing all of those hats and doing multiple things. But we were sitting in a meeting talking about our year-end performance reviews and when are we going to roll those out when it kind of dawned on us, hey, wait a minute, (laughs) how are we going to talk about goals that people set at the end of 2019 when 2020 was nothing like we expected? So Scott, your team had already thought ahead. So... Well, when you say our team, our team had already thought ahead. So I used to tell people I taught Keith everything he knows, and yet he's older, wiser, and does a better job at this than I do. So I can't say that anymore. So this actually was Keith's brainchild. So as Keith and Sue were working through our year-end evaluation process and thinking through how we could make this meaningful for our staff, Keith is actually his idea to think through how we could do this differently this year and truly make this more meaningful <clears throat> for the individual performer and less about the organization. And so his, his hat's off to Keith and, mm-hmm. and his team for doing this. So Keith, before we talk about the specifics of the plan and what we think we're going to do this year, how we're going to roll this out, I'm interested for you to talk a little bit about your role and how since March, your role kind of changed because prior to March, we are, we're a large organization. We're constantly having turnover. We've got a school. And so we're hiring teachers and preschool workers. And so you spent a lot of your time doing interviews and hiring and onboarding and and new hire training. And then we froze everything in March and still your job. So so talk (laughs) a little bit about your job and how that changed. Well, one of the things overnight, it, it ceased our hiring, our interviewing. So one of the things that I began to do is spend more time developing employee relationships. It gave me a chance to speak with people and, you know, write them notes, kind of begin to speak in their life a little bit. And, of course, COVID's going on and all sorts of challenges are going on. Many people are doing different jobs. And so part of it was trying to just, you know, recognize that the culture of what we've experienced has dramatically changed. And so people are feeling different things throughout the year. I guess we should mention that Pastor Keith, we've had him on the podcast before, but Pastor Keith has actually been a pastor for 29 years, 30 years. 
Keep going. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> age you. Okay. No. Hey, it's since '86. Okay, so I've been a pastor a long time and serving more recently in this role. So I love hearing that, Keith. That those are the things that you were thinking about during this time. Is how can I reach out and help pastor our team as they go through all of these things? So I'm curious, what were some of the things that you encountered as you did that? Well, one of the things I'm thinking about, and I don't know whether I should say this or not, but I'm thinking about I have to fill out my own review for <laughs> okay, myself. Right. And I'm going, we have just done a time study as a staff, and, and a lot of people spent a lot of time analyzing how they use your time throughout the day. We've done surveys, and, and a lot of people were, were maxed out, and, and even myself, because we're trying to push a few new initiatives in HR. And so as I begin to think about all of those questions, which are very legitimate questions for our organization, I said, what would make it easy for, for me as a pastor and and thinking of the pastors on all our campuses and all our other staff so that really is designed to be a place where those who are our employees would have a positive experience from the same breath we'd also get accomplished what we want to as an organization to have feedback from our employees. You know, that's, and that's such a neat, I'm so glad you did that, Keith, because honestly, because he's right. So we've been doing employee surveys. We've done church surveys. We've done a employee time study. Open enrollment is about to happen for our church. We run on a fiscal year, a calendar year, January 1 to 1231. And so it's about to be open enrollment time for benefits. And the easiest thing for the HR department to do would have just been to change the date. So take the 2019 performance review, change the date to 2020 and hit send. And I'm so glad you chose not to to do that this year. And actually, we're thinking outside of the box for, for our organization. Hey, before we move on to that, I'm curious, just bring some speed, Keith, on what would what a, a typical year-end review kind of, what did it look like last year? Well, we would have questions that would ask people how they're doing, how they measured up against certain goals and metrics. We'd have several questions that were asked about are you satisfied with your work? Did you exceed expectations? Did you meet expectations? Were you below expectations? They're having to rate themselves. So, so, so a lot of grading. And sometimes that's hard to do because if the job description is really refined, sometimes you're not sure how to respond to those things. And people have different scales as well. You know, some are like Jesus all the time and, and others really have a, a low concept. But really the questions this year were designed to simply be open-ended to let people express kind of what they're thinking, what they're feeling, instead of trying to measure uh, performance. And, and one of the things that... The that is really key is that simply making it something where when they read through that, they can answer it in as much detail as they want without having to put yes or no or one through five. Yeah. And I, th- I think one of the things that we use, you cover this pretty well at the outset, but w- we're using these tools to interface to people who report directly to us so that we can, one, give them feedback about their performance. But the way we do it is like if, if you were pointing to me, you would fill out the survey and the, the sheet, and then I would be prepared to respond. Like you fill it out, turn it into me. Then our time together is me basically responding to what you said about yourself. Right. And then helping you set goals, and you would set some goals, and I might say, no, Keith, I don't like this. Let's try that. But we would work with it together until we are all happy with how that all turned out. And it does affect compensation. It's a way for a boss to give their subordinates feedback, a way for subordinates to give their boss feedback and feedback to the total organization. It's just a way that we keep our finger on the pulse and document how employees are doing it. And it lets us go back to even boss. So if some a supervisor says, hey, I don't like the way that Scott was performing. Well, what did you tell him on his uh What'd you tell him on his annual review? Oh, I gave him all excellence. Well, it was just a month ago. How can you not like, like what well, you're not being fair? You've got to give him good feedback. So it lets us even coach supervisors. So we really like doing this a lot. But again, in the corona apocalypse, it just feels tone deaf 
because how are you even going to rate yourself? We don't even know what our metrics are. I, as the senior leader in the organization, I'm not 100% sure what our metrics are supposed to be moving forward. We have metrics, but I don't know if they're the right ones yet. And so uh, everything feels a lot less certain and structured today than it did this time last year, for sure. I think even looking back, because usually, like you said, Pastor Jimmy, a lot of it is looking back over, okay, what did you think you were going to accomplish and those goals that you said? And then we would normally say, did you achieve those goals? And this year, we pretty much probably can, none of us achieved those goals because everything changed in March. And most of those goals that we were striving for, we probably set some new goals pretty rapidly. And hopefully we achieved those goals, but they're definitely different (laughs) from they were in 2019. So, yeah. Well, one of the things I do with all new employees is during the orientation, I show them the last year's vision message that, that you give Pastor Jimmy. I just showed that for a new employee yesterday and and they were watching the screen. I was listening and the whole phrase I heard, take a risk, take a risk, take a risk. And we're going to see what God does this year. And then within two weeks, weeks yeah. it's like, okay, the risk is whether I'm going to Publix or not. You know? Right. 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 So, so. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. 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 Well, one of the things that Keith and I have been talking about is when you do this, as Pastor Jimmy said, you've got this structure that you've been using and and we've been using pretty effectively for years. And every year, you know, you tweak it a little bit from the year before to make it a little bit better, a little more effective. And and yet in terms of structure, you went from a five to six section, 10 or 12 pages of information down to to what is is a a glorified conversation between a leader and and their staff member. And so one of the things talking about that is, well, how does that affect what we've always been doing? You know, how does that fit? And honestly, the structure changes a little bit, but the content stays the same. So under Pastor Jimmy's leadership, one of the things that we've encouraged the leaders in our organization to do is have regular, ongoing conversations with your staff. So like for us, the year in review should never be a surprise to anyone, good or bad, right? So the things you're doing well, you should already know that. And the areas where you have opportunities mm-hmm. for growth and development, you should already know those as well. So for us, the year-end evaluation is really more of a summary or a culmination of. Yeah, I do all not those like talks. the ambush. Yeah. No, no, that's right. <laughs> right, that's right. Like if you come into the year-end evaluation and I ambush you with something that you've never even thought about, then I'm not doing something right as a supervisor. That's right. That's right. And so we feel like even though we're, we've changed the structure pretty radically this year that we're still in that same theme of this is really just a conversation about how the year has gone, but there really shouldn't be any surprises in that at all. Keith, you know, you mentioned earlier that you're, you know, we talked about a little bit how your role changed in March. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what you were seeing that helped you shape your thinking on how this year's review would look? One of the things that I thought through is that we still want to have conversation about certain key aspects. And so I just sort of summarize some of those kind of ideas because we want to know how someone's doing personally and spiritually. And so there's a question designed to say, you know, how are you growing in Christ? Because fundamental to our leadership is that if someone needs to be growing in Christ. So this kind of dialogue is part of that. We value continued education and continual learning and development. And so simply a question that says, how are you learning or how are you growing or what are you doing to invest in in yourself this year? Those kind of things that run along, you know, in such a way where we get to express what we're really investing in, or maybe we're not. And and so it gives a chance for a dialogue to take place for supervisor to come alongside and encourage and promote. So just to be clear, so we had this form that we've used the past several years. I don't think we've used it that many years that had multiple sections 
a lot of, you know, like we said, grading yourself. And this new form that we're going to use that's coming out this week, I believe, is what? 10 questions? Is that my understanding? It's, it's 10 questions. And the last one actually is a summary question for the, the supervisor. Okay. So nine questions that the employee is going to fill out and then discuss with their supervisor. And the 10th one, the supervisor will fill out. So that's a much simplified version. We can put all this in the show notes because nothing's secret. Once it's available, we'll put all that in the show notes. We can show you our old assessment that we can use and we can show you the assessment that we're using this year. Um, just as a tool, as a resource to anybody who might be thinking about this. But I really do like the point that you were making, Scott. Another point I would make about our assessments is that we always use them for encouragement. So we're never looking for got you. We're never looking for really criticism. We always are looking to use these as methods of encouragement. That's something that you always emphasize with us, Pastor Jimmy. So that's important too. No, it is important. And so that's what we've been using these things is to to give encouraging feedback but also to document ongoing feedback. So if you have somebody who works on your team and they have like some kind of chronic challenge that they're trying to work on or a skill they're trying to develop or an area they're trying to improve, you can say, hey, last year we talked about this. This year you've done better, but I still want you to do better. Or last year we talked about this, and I hate to say this, but we're going to talk about it again because but hopefully, you know, we should have been talking about it all along. So this just lets us document those kinds of things. And it's a great reminder. But the point is to be encouraging. And the point is when people walk out of our evaluations, like if we can't have people walking out of the evaluations feeling about 10 feet tall, we probably don't have the right people on the team. Mm. And like, why are we waiting to get to the evaluation to tell somebody you're doing a bad job? Yeah. If they're doing a bad job, why are they still here for the evaluation? Like we should have been coaching them a long time all the way. And so that's what I think is just using these things for positive feedback, positive evaluation. Of course, there might be some coaching points. But then what I think is so brilliant, Keith, about what you came up with for Scott, and I don't think any of us would have thought of that. If you would have just changed the date and sent us the old one, we would have went, well, this is kind of pointless, but go ahead and fill it out. And you said no. That's not the right thing to do this year because trying to evaluate this year in light of some goals we set last November, December is ridiculous. Even trying to evaluate goals we set in March or April is ridiculous. Everybody's job is so different today than it was a year ago. And it's it's different than it was three months ago because we're learning what the new COVID environment, it, you know, as we work through this is, is feeling like. So I want to thank both of you guys for that effort. I guess the one thing I would just ask, Keith, I'd love for you to respond to this as well, Scott. For our listeners, a lot of them are in churches with a few staff members or a few employees. Some of them would might be doing some kind of evaluation structure with volunteers, which I would encourage if those are your main people who are helping you. What would you tell them? Is there resources they should be accessing? Are there things that you would encourage them to do, even if they're in a smaller operation? All of us have worked at much smaller operations, so I'm curious about your thoughts, Keith. Well, one of the big things is simply having a conversation, is being intentional about it. And there are certain things that in a Christian church probably should be common themes that, that all churches face about growing in Christ, about being developed, investing in people, and those kind of things. So part of it is just making it really simple and then letting people have time to fill it out so that they have a chance to, to reflect upon it and then write it down because you do want to have it documented and then have a conversation in, in such a way that you can, can move it forward. And then you can have as many people as you want to contribute to the conversation, but it does raise the level of just simply a casual conversation at lunch to one that you're actually going to be documenting and being intentional about in some way. You do want to have some measurable things along the way, but how that's built up in not just one event, but also in a year-long performance you know, plan for your organization. 
Yeah, I think also, I mean, throughout the year, we focus on things like productivity and efficiencies and meeting our metrics and meeting our goals. And those are things that we talk about in our regular weekly meetings from from week to week. That's not at all the intent of the performance review, right? So this is more about leading, mentoring, shepherding. This is about having meaningful dialogue with your staff. It's not about wrapping up the year and how productive were we? How many of this did we do? And how many of that did we do? And those things are important. But this context of our performance review is more about what you said, Pastor. It's more about us making an investment and communicating that to our people. The only other thing I would say is we should never use this to correct behavior. Like you don't leverage the year in performance review Good, to Scott. try to right the ship or change the direction of someone's performance or behavior. You should be doing that, as you mentioned earlier, throughout the year. This is really a way to wrap up the year, celebrate what God has done in that person's life, what he's done in their ministry, specific to their campus, and then look ahead a little bit to, to you know, so it always ends kind of with a forward thinking, forward looking discussion about, hey, listen, we've celebrated what God's done in us and through us this year. What are we asking God for next year? What are we hoping for next year? And what are we doing to get there would be something that I would add to what Keith said. Yeah. So Leslie, you lead a pretty big team at this point. And so I want to leave you the last word on this whole conversation because you have to do this exact same thing with a pretty large and important team that you lead. So how's this land on you with our HR team supporting you in this process? I mean, number one, just thank you again for even thinking about it, because I think in the midst of COVID and everything else that's going on, I do think that most of us were thinking, let's just pull out last year's form, change the date and move forward. But that would not have been the best move. So thank you for thinking about that. And then I would kind of tag on to something Keith said and Scott alluded to. Sometimes there's more than one person speaking into someone's life. So it's important to include whoever it is that you're actually working with closely. So that'll be something that we'll have to be thinking about, especially with the team that we're leading right now, because it's relatively new. And we do have multiple people sometimes reporting to multiple bodies. So how are we going to let everybody speak into that process? And we try to do that in a good way here where it's not overwhelmingly. But if there's you know two major people that speak into someone's job, you include that into one meeting so that you can all have the same conversation, which is really important to keep us all on the same page. Yep. So to summarize, I would just say, hey, no matter what size your organization is, I hope you are scheduling at the end of the year an opportunity for constructive and encouraging feedback to people who are serving with you on the team. I do hope as you do that, you will not use that feedback as an opportunity to ambush or kneecap anybody. Make it constructive, but make it encouraging. And then finally, I just encourage you as you do this, if you're in the habit of doing this, let's consider making 2020's evaluations a different approach. Take a different approach, have a different format because, look, this just isn't 2019 anymore. Things are different and we should acknowledge that. We shouldn't be making our employees or our team feel like they're not measuring up because 2020 has been a different kind of a year. I don't know if you guys have experienced this to all of our listeners, but at Family Church, I've actually seen our team actually rise up. Now, our metrics have been different. I don't even know what all of our metrics are at this point, but our team has worked as hard and as faithfully and as courageously and as selflessly as any team I've ever seen. And we do it all so we can have half as many in church this year as we did this time last year. (laughs) And yet, hopefully, we're going to honor the Lord by the way that we're working together. And I know that a lot of you are experiencing the same thing. If there's any way we can help you, reach out to us on email, get on social media, call us, text us, jump on our blog. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to help you. Also, you can all, all, 
all come to the Church for the Rest of Us conference. We'd love for you to check it out on our website, churchfortherestofus.com. And we would love to just see you in person when it's warm here because it's cold where a lot of you are. Come and see us. This is Jimmy Scroggins. This has been Church for the Rest of Us. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or check out familychurchnetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want to hear what you're doing so that we can all learn from each other. We're in this together. We are church for the rest of us. Until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, staying flexible, adaptable, and agile, all for the sake of the gospel.